Well, anyway, I'm It's uh, on the. From yesterday, it's three weeks. Three weeks. It's the twenty. I could read the card. The twenty-eighth. Yeah, the twenty-eighth. So it'd be three weeks from yesterday. Yet on a Saturday, from three to five at the Hotel Capstone President's Room. We'll put it out there on the desk. But we want to. They're precious. They they were with River Church, with Word of Life and River Church for twenty years. So they are pioneers and. Uh, they're down there with their kids or whatever people do when they get old enough to go wherever they want to. So, good good picture of them right there. Amen. They're a blessing. I miss them. Yeah. I sure do. I miss the Nodines. He, they were both just precious. Turn in your Bible with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. We're going to receive our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And uh, as you know, and we've done this for... Uh, 38 years, where we talk about giving. Now, if you, if you don't know, you may say that we're trying to get an offering out of you. But what we're trying to do, if, uh, if, if you can believe that, is we're trying to get a blessing into you. Because it's going to take faith. It's not being parted with your, from your money that's going to bless you. It's being in faith about it, which causes you to give. We get in faith and we give, but it's our faith that brings the increase. So Matthew chapter 6, Justin and I was talking about this because he said this scripture and I already had this. Uh, it talks about how the kingdom works. <clears throat> how does money come? How does supply come? How does funding come? Well, you pray for it. Well, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible never says to pray for, uh, for funding. It's a byproduct. As a matter of fact, when the Bible talks about it in the Old Testament, when God came to Solomon, the, the, uh, the wisest man, except for the Lord Jesus that's ever lived, and he said, what would you have me give you? And Solomon, in his wisdom, said, Lord, I need, I need wisdom to rule your people. That's what he asked for when it was the, the, he could ask for anything. And the Lord said, because you've not asked for wealth or for honor, I will give you both wealth and honor and long life because you did not ask for them. You asked for wisdom. Well, that hadn't changed. So uh, supply or being funded, as we would say, is the byproduct of seeking God. Is what, it's what happens when we seek him. We know that even in a natural sense that uh, if you... Uh, if you if you relate to people right, then they, the favor of God starts flowing in you. But here's the kingdom principle. But seek ye, verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. So we got to go, he says, but there, but seek. So let's go up into verse 31 and find out what he's talking about. He said, take no thought, take no thought, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? So he's talking about funding there. He's talking about your supply, talking about how you're going to get along in life in the kingdom. He said, take no thought. Well, then what should we do, Lord? He said, uh, look, at the, look at the heathen. For after all these things do the Gentiles, the heathen, the, men, the man with no covenant. Say no covenant. No covenant. No covenant. When that's what they seek for. He said, we're not like them. All these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father, back to you and me, 
knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Aren't y'all glad the Father's in tune? He's attentive. He's not saying, you know, just be spiritual. Don't, don't be natural. Well, we got to eat, Lord. That's natural. Then he says in verse 33, but, so instead of taking no thought, and, and instead of uh, uh, looking at all the heathen, he said, but seek ye first, seek ye first, first, before you think about your supply, seek first the kingdom or the system of God and his righteousness, which is the way God does business. It's the way God does business. If we went over, let me just turn there, and you just stay right where you are, but I'll take you over to uh, 1 Peter 2.24. We love this scripture, um, where it's the covenant scripture for healing. Who himself bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness. There's that word again, righteousness. What does that mean? We should live like God lives. Everything that God tells us to do in the Bible, he has to live by it first. He can't tell us to forgive, and then he's wrangled and, and messed up and, 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 and out of sorts with somebody. So God, when you ask him to forgive you, because he's asked us to forgive others, he's going to forgive us. He's not a hypocrite. If he tells you forgive, turn the other cheek, well, then he's got to forgive. So Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I confess my sin. He said, I forgive that. I'll cast that into the sea of my forgetfulness. It's done. Don't bring it up again. So if we bring it up again, guess what? He says, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Lord, you know what I'm talking about. It was all over the news of my life last week, and, and I'm sorry again. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. He forgot it. So we go back to this scripture in Matthew. He said, uh, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, his system of how he does it. So, Lord, I'm seeking of how to live. Well, forgive. That's one way to live. Is that right? Be honest. That's another way of righteousness. Um, there's a lot of things. And he said, and all these things. Now, where are all these things? What are all these things? The things that he talked about in verse 32. All these things that the Gentiles seek. They're seeking a lot of stuff. They're seeking pleasure. There you go. He, they're seeking pleasure. Did y'all know the world is seeking pleasure? What, what you got out there that's fun? You know, that, everything that they think is fun. He told us not to seek after pleasure. Seek the kingdom. And in the kingdom is the pleasure that the world is seeking for. But if you go after pleasure, you won't find it. You won't have the kingdom and you won't have pleasure. But if you go after the kingdom, you'll have both the kingdom and pleasure. Now, here's the mystery that the world does not understand, as you know. They're looking after fun because they don't think Christians know how to have fun because we're seeking God. Well, there's more fun in God than there is outside of God. So he says that money follows ministry. Let's say that together. Money follows ministry. Well, how do I get supplied? Well, I got to pray for God to bless me and to increase me. No, that's not the Bible way. He said, you pray that you'll get after the kingdom. Lord, help me get after the kingdom. He said, well, that's where all the money is. Because you've not asked for money, I'm bringing it. Because you've not asked for pleasure, it's yours. Because you've not asked for uh, 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 honor, I'll bring honor to you. I'll raise you up higher. 
I'll supply you higher. I'll put you in a place that's higher than you could have ever got on your own because you sought first the kingdom. So, so this morning when we give, it's, we're not paying off a debt. We're not paying off God. Lord, do you, now here it is. Lord, pay attention. He's paying attention not to that but to our heart because you could hold up your offering and have a totally wrong heart. Y'all know businessmen do that or they used to. It was common that in big churches that businessmen gave because they wanted a reputation in the community that he's a big church guy, when in fact he was just working the system. Well, I'm not working the system, are you? I'm really in love with Jesus. I'm really after the kingdom. I really want the Lord in my life. Even if he says, no supply, no supply, you're going to have to go get another job. Lord, just have you is okay, but he doesn't say that. He says, you, you seek after me, and in me is the total supply. Do you all have a witness to that, that that's how it's been working? Like, uh, you can't, I can't make it on 100%. How am I going to bring God a tithe? Whoo, that is the power of the covenant. It's way bigger than you and I. Amen? So we're giving this morning. You have an envelope. Everybody got an envelope that wants one. All right. Let's, now I say this, this isn't in the Bible, but this is how I do it, and it works for me, do what you will. But I, I, I believe that you, you attach worth to things. You know, if you got a, a, a wife or a husband or children, you attach words to them, a worth to them by speaking to them. I love you. I, I'm going to take care of you. You attach worth to them. So we attach worth to this. This is me in here. This is you in here. This is not a check. This is me. How'd that check, how'd that check come about? Your money, your time, I mean, your labor, your expertise, everything. So, Lord, we, we raise up our lives. This is not money. This is me in this envelope. It is me in this plate. It is me in this kingdom. I give me to you, Lord, and this is the part of me that I can give, and it's me. It's all of me. So, Lord, receive us this morning. By, by receive this tithe, this offering, and now receive us. We give it all. We thank you that the kingdom has been revealed to us. And with confidence, with boldness, we can say, I am fully funded. And there's plenty more where this came from. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I like that. There's plenty more where this came from. Hallelujah. Woohoo! Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, there's a lot going on in the kingdom right now. Um, all four of my grandbabies, and this is the way it was with your, your kids and grandkids, the closer that uh, your daughter-in-law or, or your daughter or whatever got to uh, bringing forth birth, and, you know, you could count the, the weeks and the months and everything, and everybody knew. It wasn't a surprise to anybody. Well, I wonder when Jessica's going to uh, have her baby. I wonder if it's in December. Maybe it's in February. You know, you just never know when these things happen. Nope, you can count. <laughs> you can count it down and say, we know. We know. Not, not, the, not the day or the hour, but we know the season. Well, that's the way it is with the Lord coming back. This is not going to be a mystery. We're going to know the season. And there's things going on in the kingdom that we've got to pay attention to that weren't like it was 20 years ago. Um, when we just heard, uh, my first grandson, uh, Colin and Chris, came to me and gave us a card. And it was funny. It said, there's a bun in the oven. You know, what does that mean? What's that? Well, we knew what that meant. Woohoo! 
woo, you know, everybody was hollering and carrying on everything. Well, there's a bun in the oven, so to speak. The Lord's coming back. And as we get closer to that time, just like you would in that natural setting, you begin to prepare for his coming and getting ready in the kingdom and straightening up some stuff and, and getting your heart right. So that's what we're doing is we're getting our heart right. I don't know really what's going on day to day. It doesn't matter. He's the main event. And so um, here at River Church, we're preparing ourselves. We're getting ready for something that's coming that's very important. And um, we've got some plans for 2018. We're just, we're just waiting on God to pull the trigger. We had a God party planned this month and had it all lined up. And it just seems like the Lord said, not yet. But we're, we got stuff going that's going to be fun. He's fun. And we're fun. We're fun for each other. Sometimes you get mad at family. Uh, I had a big, this week I had a big reconciliation, not a big reconciliation, but a big straightening out. You know, uh, you know what offenses do? Do y'all know what the Bible says about offenses? It says, when a brother is offended, he's harder to win than a strong city. Y'all, I, I have it on my heart this morning just to remind you, don't get offended. Stay away. Forgive fast. Because this stuff, it blows up and suddenly you go, ooh, I wish I hadn't stepped on that landmine. Well, it's already blowed up and now you got to fix everything. And so, uh, nothing big, no, just nothing going on in my life that's big, but just little stuff that it just, it was like, well, that's a little thing. No need in paying any attention to that. Well, suddenly the thing grew. Do you all know about stuff that grows? And then in the reconciliation or in everything, you find out how they were thinking of what you said. Well, I didn't say that. Well, yeah, you said that. Well, that's not what I meant. Well, yeah, that's what you meant. Well, no, that's not what I meant. Well, we don't believe that's what you meant. It's like, what? Now, here's what I found about offenses. I'm just telling you all out of my own stuff. You got to stay out of offenses because they are tough to get out of. They are consuming, and they will bite you and then bite you and bite you again. And, and, and everything that you've lost that's dear in people, it came from an offense. Some and you can you, somebody that's offended. I've got several people that I'm watching right now that are offended, and I look at them and say, "You're offended," not to the face, but I say, "You're offended," because no matter what happens and what's said, they take it the wrong way. They they're like, "What they mean about that?" and "What's really going on?" and I think it's this, and then you do something and and it's perfect, and they go. See, see, there, that's more of that. And it's just like, this is crazy. Y'all know about offenses? They're terrible. They're the most terrible thing. And the word says, harder to win than a strong city is a man offended. The word also says in Matthew, since I'm on that, says, if you are at the altar with your gift, the Lord Jesus said this, and you recall or you think of someone that is offended at you, put your gift down, and go and make it right with them, and then come back and alter, offer your gift. doesn't even say if you're mad at somebody. It says if you think they're mad at you. So we're called to a higher standard. Go work it out. Go and prostrate yourself and say, I am sorry, the whole time thinking, you little loony tune, you are so crazy-eyed, you are so weird, you are so mixed up. But nevertheless, I did have a little part, and I'm going to repent profusely for my little part and the conviction will come into their life and you can win and i'm telling you winning is more than being right i'm i'm often right because i don't 
I, I think things through and I pray things and then, but it doesn't matter. If they think you're wrong, you got to repent for, you got to find something to repent of. <laughs> Come on, y'all. I'm telling you the truth. This is going to help you if you're in a deal like this and all, all of us are or will be. You got to find your part like, well, I could have said that better. So I'm going to repent of that. And so I did. I just, I just said, I am so sorry. I repent. I am. I was wrong, and it just broke the dam, and everything fell through. And all of a sudden, they were they repented of their end. Like, well, I'm sorry that I I didn't settle it. I just it all just patched, and and we, you know, we all just prayed and cried and carried on and just you know whatever in our hearts fixed it, at least for today. And I'm going to do better next time. I'm not going. Are y'all going to do better? Yeah, we're going to do better. Because this life, let me tell you, relationships are precious. People are everything, and being right is nothing. Except it's on this. Now, be right in this. Don't give up the word. But if it's about you and me, anyway, enough of that. Are y'all okay? <laughs> it's going to help. This is a good, that's a good message. Amen. Well, um, let's... Uh, Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's go to the Word this morning. We're going to spend a little time in the Word. Hallelujah. I want to talk about this morning <clears throat> something that's really dear to me. It's the Lordship of Jesus. I want to talk about the Lordship of Jesus. I want to talk about the Lordship of Jesus. Did you know that the devil, more than anything that against your life, he doesn't care. He doesn't care if you go to church every time it's open. He doesn't care if you give all your money away. He doesn't care if you help the homeless and feed the poor, the hungry. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if you, uh, if, about your ministry or what you're doing. He doesn't care about you until you make Jesus Lord. Until you depose idols and say, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to be with those people anymore because I want Jesus to be Lord. You are a major target. Could I have a better amen? That is it. You think he's after you to make you sick. He just wants Jesus not to be Lord. Well, if the Lord loved me, he'd heal me. Well, see, that's not making Jesus Lord. That's making feelings Lord. And you're, asked, you're offended when you say that. All people that say, the Lord knows where I am if he wants to heal me, if he wants to bless me, if he wants to supply me, he knows where I'm at, he can do it. And if he doesn't do it, well, I guess he just doesn't, and you go off and on. The devil wants your lordship of the Lord Jesus. How many of y'all know that heaven is a place of lordship? Everybody's on the same page in heaven. That's why I can't wait to go. I know people want to see Abraham and Moses. And all that stuff. Yeah, that's good. I want to see those guys too, and that'll be fun. But I mostly want to go to heaven because it's fair. Everything's fair. Nobody's slipping and sliding around saying, I really did that. I'm the one that did that. Well, up in there, if you didn't do it, you don't get credit for it. And if nobody saw you do it down here and you did it and it was good, you get credit for it up there. You gave your last $10 in the offering, and nobody sent you a letter. Nobody called and said, wow, we're so blessed. We're so honored you gave your last. Nobody's, nobody's calling, but you know, and the Lord knows. I like heaven. 
I like it because Jesus is fair and he's in charge. And there's not a debate team up there saying, well, we want to hear this in court, heavenly court, and see who's really right here. It's all clear. Our sins are taken away, and we, what you did is what you get credit for, and what you didn't do or what you did with a bad motive, there's no credit. I like heaven. I think I'm going to like it a lot because it's fair, and I like fair. Hallelujah. Uh, there's no disputes in heaven. Think about that. There's no controversies in heaven. Well, did you think die, Jesus died spiritually on the cross? Did you think that there's an immaculate conception for Mary's mother? Do you think, do you think, you know, of all this junk mess, you get a new Christian, you know, and you get them in your Bible study, and the first thing they want to ask is, you know, well, who, who did, who did uh, Cain marry? And who did, who, what was Abel? And you get all these crazy questions and all stuff. Up there, it's going to be straight up good. We're going to get to the things of Jesus. Jesus is Lord up there, and the junk mess doesn't matter. Uh, there's not going to be unhappiness. Nobody's in a bad mood in heaven. No one's going through the change of life in heaven. Everybody's just like, ah, yeah, we're all, we're all glad. I, I hope that's not improper, but anyway. I mean, it must not be because I was sitting down in the barber chair this week, and somebody said, it's hot in here. And there, there was three women in there, and they just cranked up this, here I am, I'm right here in the chair, and they're talking about all this stuff that I didn't want to talk about. There's no lack in heaven, it's all funded, there's no fretting, what are we going to do? It's all good. And it's because Jesus, in the first time, or the only place, he's able to exercise total lordship and total dominion. And I'm telling you, it doesn't get better than when Jesus is Lord. You don't have a good life where Jesus isn't Lord. If he's not Lord over your money, you're not having a good money life. If, you're not having, if your family's messed up, it's just because Jesus isn't Lord. Right now, we're in America, and I know we love democracy in America, and I would be, you could throw stuff at me if I said democracy's not high, the highest that God's got, but it isn't. Jesus being Lord is the highest. And there's no, you know, there's no elections and there's no uh, running and mudslinging. Jesus is Lord. Uh, but uh, our Western culture, we don't like, we don't like lordship. Um, Deborah was telling me about uh, somebody that wanted to come to our church, but they wanted to know uh, who was on the board and when, when did we have elections and, you know, who, who, who wanted some accountability. It's like, well, we don't have that much stuff like that. You know, we don't do it exactly that way. But that's what we're used to in America. And our churches are generally run that way. And um, anyway, the word Lord, Lord Jesus. Let me read. Let me, let me go to 1 Corinthians 6 first. And we'll go back to that. But they couldn't come to our church because they, we didn't have governments like they understood. We have good government. Don't, don't think that we're working on the sly or anything. We got good government. It's just that it's not, it's just not the traditional. And it's, de it's absolutely, uh, there's people that are accountable and people that vote and people that approve and everything. It's just not the whole church that does that. Now, he says in verse 19 of chapter 6, What? What? So he's like, what are you thinking? What? Know ye not? He's talking about fornication, flea fornication. Know 
Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Would you point to yourself with me and say, I am not my own. Here's what the Bible says right here. Ye are not your own. For, verse 20, for ye are bought with a price. Ye are bought, say it with me, first person, I am bought with a price. We are not our own. Well, bless God, I am. No. If you're a Christian, you signed over. You acknowledged. I was on the auction block of sin. I was dead. There was no life in me. I was the devil's property. The Bible says that Jesus said, ye are of your father the devil until you're born again. He is the father of your life. You are his. Sin has purchased you outright because you committed it and the wages are death. You are, you are totally his until you're refathered from above by Jesus. Now we're his. We never owned ourselves. We were always somebody else's. So he says, you are not your own. So the word Lord Jesus is the word curios. The little word Lord Jesus. Turn with me to Romans. Let's go to Romans right now, chapter 10. We'll go back to it if we have time, but let's go to chapter 10 of Romans. This is how you get born again. Make no mistake that just because you love God or believe in God or believe in Jesus or believe that Jesus is the Son of God or even believe in the virgin birth or even believe that he was raised from the dead, believing things, nothing happens until verse 9 of chapter 10. This is how you get born again or regenerated or transformed in your spirit. It says, for thou shalt, for if, if, so not until then, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, say it with me, the Lord Jesus. Now, this is not what's preached. This is not what's practiced. Just like, young man, this is what they told me in uh, Florida at Oklahoma Street Baptist Church. And they said, young man, do you, do you receive Jesus into your life? Because if you don't, you're going to hell. But if you do, you'll go to heaven. That's how it was presented. It was fire insurance. It was like, here's the policy. Here's the fine print. And if you'll sign on the back there and give us a check for $12.50, well, then you, can, it's, you, won't go to, you won't go to the fire. I said, sign me up. I'll make payments. Amen. It's not it. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. So it's going to take a little time. It's going to take a little meditation. It's going to take more than a hellfire and, and brimstone sermon that just says, you know, you're going to turn or burn. You better get right or you're going to be left. You've got to make him Lord. You've got to make a decision. You've got to choose inside. Do I want to make him Lord? It's not between fire and heaven. It's between me being Lord of my life and in charge, or Jesus being in charge. The whole thing of the new birth is the Lordship of Jesus. I said the whole thing. I led a homeless man. He had a home, there was a man out here in the bushes Saturday, Saturday morning. He was in the bushes. and uh, I, didn't, I didn't know. If he was, I thought he was dead because he had a coat over his head, but he's homeless. He looked like he was 70 years old. He was 50. Just, a, you know. But then... Uh, so bought him breakfast and, and uh, gave him enough for a beer. <laughs> I mean, he told me, so I'm not going to lie to you. If you, don't, if you just give me enough for breakfast, I'm buying the beer. 
but I sure am hungry. I said, well, how about if we just, I'll buy you a big breakfast and you can do what you want. Because beer doesn't send you to hell. <laughs> it doesn't send you to hell. Anyway, got him, he was Pentecostal actually. And he, so we talked about all this. And, uh, and I said, well, is he Lord? He said, I want him to be. And he just made a big conversion there. I mean, he just, he, he just, he was, it was just amazing to, to lead someone to Jesus and talk to him about the lordship of, uh, of him. The word, though, the Lord Jesus, if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For, so why does that work? With the heart, with the heart, you must believe unto righteousness. You have to believe that Jesus was a substitute for me. That he was without sin and became who I was so I, with sin, could become who he was. I could be as he is now because he became as I was then. And, th th so was, and he became sickness so that by his stripes I'd be healed. Corinthians says he became poor that I, through his poverty, might be made rich. He became who we were, the curse, so that we'd be who he is the blessed. And it's awesome. But to do that, you can't ambiviate. You can't say, well, I take a little of this and a little of that. He's got to be Lord of all. He's got to be Lord of all or the covenant falls apart. And you're in that, you're in that uh, double-minded world. And the Bible says in James, you cannot have anything. So he says, if for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth, with the mouth, with words, confession is made unto salvation. So there's no heart conversion. It's a heart that is so full of belief that it cannot help but say. There is a believing that is, that is a, uh, a preference. You prefer to be saved, but you're not going to say with your mouth. You're not going to make a witness. Just want you to know that I received Jesus Christ. Just want you to know right here that just 10 minutes ago, I received healing in my body and cancer was obliterated out of my life. Just want you to know that is a faith that is that believes because it's willing to confess. You have to your faith has to come up to a certain level until it triggers your mouth. Until then, it's a preference. It's just like, well, I prefer to be healed. Well, a conviction says, I'm saying the truth is I am healed because of Jesus. So this is how it starts. It starts with us saying Having a faith level. So it's, it's, it's not just down at the front and him saying, you want to burn or you want to be going to be with Jesus? Well, yeah. Yeah, well, I want to be with Jesus. Don't want to burn. But that's not making Jesus Lord. That's just making a conscious good decision. No Bernie, I turny. <laughs> just, you know, it's just not even hard. Like any idiot, anybody would say, What's it going to cost? Nothing. Just fill out this card and say that I'll be back this evening to be baptized, and we're going to put you under the water. Won't hurt. You'll get wet. We'll dry you off. Send you on, and you'll be saved forever. Next. That's not how it works. Now, it can work that way. It's, it all depends on the heart. So you can't say, well, you didn't, get, you didn't make the right confession. You didn't pray our prayer. It's what's in the heart. I, you, people can, can get converted in a moment of time, because of their heart. They believe. They believe. 
Then other people that can waller and carry on at the front of the church and, and boo-hoo and carry on, and, and nothing happened. They're just dramatic. They're just, you know, in a moment of time. We don't judge that, but I'm telling you what has to happen. I believe there's a lot of people in pews that aren't born again. But because they told them this is the process, and it was a preacher, it was, a, it was the deacons, it was the elders. They said, here's what, we, here's what you do. And so they say, well, they ought to know. So they do that, but they live their whole lives unregenerated. And they're knowing, they know all about it. They bring in the sheaves and the songs, and they all hail the power of Jesus' name, but there's nothing out of the heart. When you're converted, something happens to the heart that changes your life the next day. It changed your heart, so your heart doesn't wake up saying, I don't feel saved. Your heart wakes up saying, Woohoo! I want more, I want more, I want more. That's how you can tell. It's what happens the next day, not what happened on that day. Because I've bought stuff. If y'all bought stuff and then had buyer's remorse the next day and say, this is junk, but I got the receipt, and I'm going back with it. They know me at about every store. <laughs> Lowe's, I don't even take the receipt in. I just say, you know, here it is. And, you know, okay, yeah, we know you. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom. So, um, this word, the Lord Jesus, with you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That word, listen to this word. This is what it means. This is what we haven't been getting. And so we all need a checkup. Listen. The reason you're in church this morning is not because of the beautiful stained glass or the magnificent bells that came out of the steeple this morning. None of that is what moved you. We all live by a line in our life of our conscience. We're all endeavoring to stay on point. But we get off. We, we slowly veer off the, the track. And we have to have this to always sharpen up the line. Because all of a sudden you think, you know, that wasn't so bad. Telling a little lie, God doesn't care. Or this is what I hear, God understands. He knows I'm weak, and he knows I want that. And he knows that I want him. Or he knows that I need this. And, and he understands. That's not in here. <laughs> he understands sin, and the devil will eat you up. But he doesn't understand that it's okay. So we go in here, and we have the word taught to us, and it brings us back to the line and say, yes, Lord, I repent of that wrong thinking, that loose thinking, that, that, uh, that lust that's warring against me. I put that under in Jesus' name, and I take hold. So this word lordship means supreme in authority. If thou wilt confess with thy mouth the supreme in authority, Jesus... That sounds different at the front of the church. That doesn't sound like just fire and blessing. That sounds like me or Jesus. Am I the Lord of my life? I'm in charge. I do anything I please. Or is I have to ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? What's the plan for my life? It also means controller. If thou wilt confess thy, with thy mouth the controller, Jesus... I don't want nobody controlling my life. Well, then just go to hell. Just live a radical, a, a, a loose and uncontrolled life that's knocked around by the devil, the curse, sin. 
the three factors, the flesh, excuse me. That's where your life is. If I'm in charge of my life, if I'm the, if I'm the Lord Michael, then my flesh is going to say, we, we held a meeting in the flesh this morning and said, even though yesterday we said we're going to lose 10 pounds, we want to go to Olive Garden today. <laughs> you don't get a vote. Oh, yeah, we're in charge. We are the controller, Michael. But I, don't, I want to lose 10 pounds. No, you don't. You're right. Ah, let's go. They got that dessert thing that is just... Well, of course that's always a factor, but when you're born again, something rises up and says, and I'm not talking about diet necessarily, but no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to steal. We're not going to lie. We're not going to... We're going to... Jesus is Lord. Jesus is truth, and He's in charge. And we're not going to do that. Is that right? It also means, this is an amazing word, he to whom a person or thing belongs. So if you can indulge me just a little bit, it means, it means like a slave. The word is literally a bondman. A bondman, when he, didn't, when he couldn't pay his bills or, or uh, whatever, he would sell himself to a, uh, another person for a period of time. He would bond out for seven years and the bondman then would pay his wife out of prison or his kids out of whatever and him out of prison and he would work for this master for seven years and at the end of seven years he could go free he, he wouldn't be a, a slave forever but he would be bonded out because the man would buy his services well that's who we are he we're bond, he bonded us out okay it also means uh well he to whom a person or thing belongs so if thou shalt come Fess with thy mouth, thy mouth, the one who uh, to I belong, uh, who I belong to, or the power he has the power of deciding. Now that's novel, because in a democracy we all decide. The flesh decides, the mind decides. We we all take a vote. But in this this Lord Jesus business. We have no vote. Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Uh, I, I'd like to not go to church. I know a pastor that named his bed the Word. And when members would call, he would tell them, I'm in the Word. The truth, the truth. It was a Methodist. Well, it was, it was a pastor. And he, he confessed, he said, that's how I get around it. They call me and bother me. I just tell them I'm in the Word. And I have a little sign at the end of my bed that says this is the... Really? Really? Yeah, really. Um, it means master, it means Lord, it means the possessor and disposer of a thing. Listen, it means the owner. So if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the owner, Jesus. Let's just lift our hands right now and just confess him right now. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you are my owner, you are my master, you are my decider. You are the decision maker in my life. You have bought me with a price. I am not my own, and I refuse to take ownership of my life. You, Lord, are responsible for me because you are my owner and my master. And I give you thanks, Lord. It's a good life I have because of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus has got to be Lord. How do you want your life to go? is determined by how you're willing, how much you're willing to give him control. 
you want to take a chance on this, you need to buy insurance. You need to live uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a place where there's no hurricanes and no tornadoes and no earthquakes. And no, there is no place like that. You know there's no place. My mother says, well, at least we don't live in out. The sand blows out there. And yeah, buddy, it does blow. And so I'll say, Mother, I, I'm so glad I'm not in that sand. She'll say, well, at least I'm not where there's chiggers. And I'm telling you, she thinks chiggers are as big as rabbits. She, she, I watched her one time she came to visit, and she, she thinks she does. And so we were going to walk across this little, little grass to go down to the river, down there by the market. And I watched her walk down this sidewalk way down there and turn and walk all the way back because she didn't think chiggers could jump, jump the sidewalk mother she said well at least we don't have humidity i just can't stand it i said well mother if it's humid we get out of the car and go in the house and we get out of the house we get in the car it's not like you know it's not like that mother and if you want to go on a picnic you just you just say we will we'll stand it or we won't go oh oh well you can just tell the flesh is running rampant. I'm I'm the same way about other stuff, but that is my mother and that's who I like to make fun of. I just I love to to gig her on stuff like that. Uh, the Lord is responsible for my life when I make him Lord. You know, parents have the right of possession. Whatever you have the authority to name, you have the a power over that. If you have the authority to name your children, boom, here comes little uh, uh, Jacob or whatever his name, whatever you name him. And I name him Jacob Lee Smith. You right there have the authority over his life. When you get married, that's what a woman does. She says, okay, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Smith and uh, you are a Jones. I'm going, I take on your name, Mr. Jones. That gives him authority or lordship, as it were. Be careful here. I'm not talking about dominion. I'm talking about he is the, I don't want to explain this, but he's, he's the cornerstone in the marriage, that things are measured from his life. And, and if you don't like that, I have, a, I have an aunt that she will not, she's married, but she takes her maiden name. And I'm telling you that girl's in charge. She's got the britches, and she doth wear them. She's a sweet girl, but she ain't taking no man's name. Well, it's all wrecked in their authority. It's all wrecked in their marriage. It's just a wreck. And so when you, uh, if you go to the pet store and you, you, you buy a puppy and you name him Jason or Jasper or, or Hippity Hop or who, whatever, you know, Doodle Dog, whatever you name him, you have, if you have authority to name, you have authority then to run their life. So when we're bought with a price, he gives us his name. In the name of Jesus is how we operate. We don't operate in a minor. In the name of Michael, I cast this out or I speak to this. Doesn't do a thing because I don't have authority in that realm based on my name. I have not dominated sickness. I have not dominated uh, lack in my life. I did not in, enforce a covenant with my own blood in my own life. He did. So I use his name. I've come under him and he's over me because I use his name. I've taken on his name. I'm a Jesus boy. And so everything's done in his name. So this stuff has got a legal side to it. 
And the devil has to operate and function according to the legal side. He can't jump ship. He has to operate according to the kingdom. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll just go a little longer. I'm, what I'm presenting to you is the case from the Word of God that you don't want to be in charge of your life. It's highly overrated. It's highly overrated. The costs are enormous. The benefits are practically nil. I don't want to give nobody control of my life. Yeah, it shows. It's all over you. You got trouble dogging your tracks, and it's waiting for you at the corner. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he's in a discourse here, Paul is, to these Corinthians. Remember, the Corinthians are carnal. There are carnal people. In the first letter that he wrote to him, he said, I can't even hardly talk to you. You are so worldly, so carnal. But in verse chapter 4, he says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The word lost there means darkened. They're darkened. Well, we're not dark anymore. The light has come on. Are y'all children of the light? We're children of the light. We walk in the light. And I'm going to tell you, Christians don't understand this. They do not walk this way. It is different for us than it is for the children of the dark. They understand that stop signs should be stopped out and green means go. And they understand that we're in American dollars. They understand that the pedal on the left is the brake and the pedal on the right is the... They understand things that are natural and physical, but they do not understand the things of the Spirit. And even though we might be unschooled or our minds are not renewed as Christians, there's a light down in here. And we have a wisdom that's resident, his name is Jesus, that causes us to understand things and, and be able to work in the kingdom, even in a limited sense before we get our mind renewed, that we can operate above the curse. The curse. There's a curse in the earth. There's always been a curse since Adam. Jesus came and defeated the curse, and whoever will come into him, you can live above the curse. You can live above sickness. You can live above death. You can live above lack, but you have to come into him to be above the curse. But everybody, if you're not under the umbrella of the deliverance, then you're out in the rain, you're in the curse. In the world, that's everywhere. Jesus said, in the world, you shall have tribulation. He's talking about the curse. It's the devil that's out there. He's got to play. He's got to play against your life. There's the flesh. The flesh, the Bible, Jesus, Paul said, there is no good thing in me. Talking about the flesh. You can never lean on your flesh. You can never say, it'll lead me through. It'll guide me. It won't let me down. It will always let you down. It'll always say, I want ice cream. I'm on a low-carb diet right now, sort of. But I've not taken out that cherry jack ice cream out of the freezer. I have not taken it out. Why? I got flesh. <laughs> and there may be a special occasion that I need to celebrate. There may need, <laughs> got to throw that out. I gave $4 for it. We're not throwing out the cherry jack. There's a rum raisin in there that is so fine. I can't have any of that. But the other night... <laughs> It was just a little bowl. I bet there wasn't six ounces in this little bowl. Of course, if you heap it over, there may have been a half ounce more. Oh, it was good. The flesh had won. The flesh was dancing. But I got on the scales this morning, and I, it was not good. I'm just telling you what we all go through at every level. 
is that if you don't make Jesus Lord, you have no defense against Cherry Jack and Rum Raisin ice cream or anything else. Nothing. It's, he's in charge, and he's going to do what he wants to do. Well, I'm going to heaven. Well, that's the, did y'all know that's really, I mean, it's really important to miss hell and, and all that. But there's a, I intend to live a lot of years between now and then. And, and, I, and I'm not just waiting for that one event. I want a life now. And so Jesus being Lord is the only way to win at that life. It says in chapter 4, where are we? It says, uh, uh, but our gospel will be hid, verse 3. It is hid to them that are lost in whom? So he's explaining the, 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 the gospel to them that are lost in whom the God of this world. That means age or time. The God, there is a God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. So it's not just that they don't know the gospel or they're not regenerated in their, in their human spirit. They are blinded. In other words, they're in his corner and they can't see it. So when you deal with somebody that's not a Christian, you're dealing with someone that is blinded. And let me tell you, they only have one motive. One motive, and that motive is them. No matter how it plays, no matter what they give you or coo or, or bless or let me help you, ultimately, at the end of every transaction, it's got to come back to them. When Jesus told the disciples that came to him, said, Lord, how should, much should we forgive? Should we forgive seven times? And the Lord said, nay, I tell you, 70 times seven which was a perpetual number, a, 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 an unending number. In other words, he's saying, you have to forgive every time. Well, they couldn't do it, and sinners can't do it either. You have to have the love of God shed abroad in your heart, given by the Holy Ghost, to be able to forgive like that. Why? Because we've been regenerated, and we've been forgiven, and we're in the light. So we can always go back and say, Lord, I know I told you I wouldn't do this again. Everybody has said that. Everybody's done something twice, and they, it's futile. It is futile to say, Lord, if you'll forgive me, I won't do this again. That is futile. Don't do that. Because he doesn't make deals. He only forgave us the first time because of the blood of Jesus. He wasn't looking at you. He wasn't looking at your sin. He was looking at us through the blood. And so he was, it was easy for him to forgive us. But he didn't make a deal because you said you wouldn't do it again. Because guess what? You will wake up and you, you will wake up and say, I did it again. And you're cursed if you said, forgive me because I won't do it again. You can't make that deal. You have to always go in by the blood of Jesus. Lord, I'm, I, I did this and God, I'm, help, I'm asking you to help me, strengthen me and to not do it again. But forgive me based on the blood. Boom, it's done. If you get forgiven because you promise not to do it again, you know you are a target. You know the devil is, he is, he's bringing the dancing girls. <laughs> he's, bringing the, he's bringing the ice cream or the cookies or the whatever that is what you're trying to not do in him. Back to this. It says here, in whom the God of this world. If you look that word God up, it's the... It's just a general name for God in the sense of someone that has control, like a slave owner. It's, a, uh, it's someone that's in control over others. 
So here it says the devil, the devil is the God of this world. Well, what is his domain? Well, his domain is the flesh. That's all he's got is to, he, he can only tempt you in your body, in your, in your mind and in your flesh, because that's the part that's not born again. Now, you can renew your mind, of course. You're born again, and then you renew your mind with the word of God, but your body, like I'm saying, it will always be susceptible to the God of this world. But what you have is a born-again spirit man that's renewed in your mind, in your spirit man, and you, you resist the devil, and he flees. Matter of fact, let's turn to, let's go straight to, uh, let's go to James. Wait, James, James, uh, where is that? James 4. Let's go to James 4. Listen, y'all, the fight is not futile. It's not like, well, it's, I, just, I just hate to fight the devil all the time. And, and You don't have to fight the devil. That's wrong theology. That's wrong. That's not how the kingdom works. We're not fighting the devil. How many of y'all know the devil is already defeated? He's been whooped. And we can take you to scriptures, Colossians and Philippians, that show that, he, that Jesus defeated him totally and in front of his own crowd, not in a corner, not privately, in front of his own crowd, and made a show of him openly, triumphing, triumphing over him in it. In other words, he walked on the devil. He walked on him in front of the whole horde of hell. So we're not fighting the devil. We're fighting the flesh. I guess I'm going to have to go home and throw that cherry jack out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe not. The flesh, the flesh might win. Who knows? You know, who knows? It's in the spiritual battle, you know. No, it's the flesh. It's the flesh. Now, you're going to fight against the wiles of the devil. And what's he playing to? He's playing to the flesh. But he's crafty. He's a 24-hour devil. He's a seven-day-a-week devil. He's, he's always on, and he's got a long resume of being good at tempting carnal people. He's just good. And then he's got tricks for the most spiritual. He tempts pastors and preachers and people that are dedicated to him. He, 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 he dangles his stuff in front of, because of familiar spirits. He, he has spirits that watch you, that are assigned to you specifically. Now, I, I see I'm not tempted by liquor or by, by tobacco. It, it, you could parade it by me all day long, and I'm, I'm revulsed by all of it. But it doesn't mean I'm too good to be tempted. There's just, he just finds my weakness and says, he didn't used to be this way, but he's been a little open to this and a little curious about that and a little inquisitive about this. Well, let's see if we can shoot this through. And, all of, and he watched my reaction and like, I resist it, but he just keeps coming back. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about us. And he just keeps coming back with it till finally, like that fish, we take the bait. And oh, we cry. And oh, we hate it. And oh, we didn't mean to. And oh, we wish we, we could have it back. But there it is. It's sin. And he gets us. And he just, he condemns us and says, you, you've lost everything. Sure enough, if you kill somebody, it's likely you're going to go to jail. There is, no, there is no heavenly reprieve or whatever pardon for, going, for killing somebody. You can get mercy, and you can get the best cell, and you can get the good roommate, but you're probably going to jail.
Y'all get that? I hope the Lord will give me mercy. He did. His name is Jesus. So back to this. Where, where were we? Oh, okay, we're in James. James chapter 4. Let's, this is a kingdom principle. Here's, here's how it all works. It's just one. Uh, let's go back to verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, here's what God saith, God resisteth the proud. Now right there, let's just stop right there. Y'all get rid of pride. There's nothing, there's nothing more, more intimidating than having God himself resist you. This is the only place he says, I resist you. Oh, Lord, fornication. Oh, Lord, lasciviousness. Oh, Lord, lying or cheating or stealing. No, pride. I resist pride because it exalteth itself against the lordship of Jesus. Pride says, I'm somebody worth following. I believe I'll follow me. I'm not saying I'll follow Joey or uh, uh, Shanita. I'm saying I'm going to follow me because... <laughs> Pretty good, pretty, yeah, smart, and pretty, you know, get good. God says, I resist that. It's against the lordship of Jesus, and you are bought with a price. You are not your own. You don't own you, and you don't own anything about you. Not your reputation, not your money, not your relationships. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you could do. He resisted the proud. Lord, right now, we just resist ourselves. We resist pride, and we say no to it. I say no in every speck and vestige and, and influence of pride in my life. Lord, I ask you to show it to me, reveal it. Get, put the light of your word on pride in my life, Lord. I will not be in a place where you have to resist me. Forgive us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But then he says here in verse uh, uh, 6, uh, uh, but it giveth grace to the humble. Whoa. I want to be where God can say, I'm going to give some grace to that. I want to be where God's pouring out grace. It'll be good. He'll, he'll put you higher than you would have put you when you were full of pride. He'll, he'll fund you better than you would have asked for. And aspire. He, it's just better. It's just where, when God gives his grace, that means that he gives his favor. He gives his power, his virtue. All that's in grace. He says, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll become low to yourself and big in me, who are you in me? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Just want you to know that I was bad, I was bad to the bone, but now I am the righteousness of God in him, in him. It's as if I never sinned. It's as if I never messed up. Well, you pretty hoity-toity, aren't you? In him, I am plenty. I am I'm more than the devil can handle. I'm more than my flesh can handle. I'm more than my past could handle. I, in him, I am unstoppable. Now, God, that's not, that's not false humility, that's real humility. In him, now without him, well, in, the, in Isaiah 55, it says, well, you know, your ways are higher than our ways, and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We'll narrow the gap. I have the mind of Christ now. I have the mind of Christ. So, so is, are his thoughts higher than my thoughts? I got the mind of Christ. It's not up here. This is, this is jello up here sometimes, I think. You know, like, what? What? Where'd that come from? But down here, I'm full strength. I'm down here. I'm full strength. 
So as I feed this, it begins to permeate. It begins to, as it were, a light that glows out, and it affects my mind. It gets my head straightened out. So he gives grace to the humble. We're, we had not even got to where I'm going. So we got that humble thing going, and then he says, when you get out of pride, when you humble yourself and say, I'm nothing without him, but in him I'm everything, not just a little better. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. That is such an affront to the kingdom. Never say it because you never believe. I am an old sinner saved by grace. Of, there's, I'll look it up again, but I saw it the other day. Of all the places where sinners are mentioned in the Bible, and there's a bunch of them, none of them God was pleased with. He wasn't doing anything for the sinner. And everywhere it says saint, he was blessing. He was increasing. There is no such thing as a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner that was saved by grace, but now you are a, a child of God. And so, oh, I'm getting there. I am. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. He said, humble yourself. Get out of pride. Work on, if you work on anything, not the devil, work on you and me. Work on me, Michael. Get yourself out of pride. Look, get out the word and say, where are you, pride? I'm looking for you. Where are you exalting yourself? Where are you puffed up? Where do you think you're something pretty special? Without him, come to the truth. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Okay. Resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. And it's probably you wrote it in your margin because we've talked about this, it means to run away as in stark terror. Run away naked is the real thing. Run away naked as in stark terror. <laughs> it's called putting the devil on the run. <laughs> he is not around. So, how much authority do you have over the devil? Exactly the level that you submit yourself to God. Is Jesus Lord? Every devil is terrified of you. They have no chance to the man or woman that has made Jesus Lord. I get up and I just pound the devil every morning. I just tell him, you got to go and you got to do this and you got to do that. That's not it. I get up every day and I say, Jesus, empty me and fill me up with you. Empty me. Lord, it's you. It's you. I ask you to guide my day, to set my course. I thank you for the mind of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for wisdom rising up in me today. I will make wise decision. I will consult you inside. I, listen, I've done some things in the last year. I bought some things. And I'm going, that was a bonehead play. That was, and it was terrible. It's just been not good, not, not what I wanted. But I remember going down there to buy that camper. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> and saying, down here but I got down there and it looked good sort of and I just wanted one and I didn't want to wait and I was in the flesh I'm being honest and I'm telling you I have I have regretted it I have just almost grieved over this thing because I don't want to miss God y'all want to miss God it's just terrible I'm strapped to this thing you know I gotta I gotta I gotta do it I gotta it's just got me So I don't want to be in the flesh. I want to resist the devil. 
and him flee. But to do that, I got to get up and make Jesus Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. When you do that, then all you have to do is speak in a conversational tone one time to the devil, and he will flee. You don't have to wail and cry and threaten. If you've made Jesus Lord, he is out of your life. Amen. So that's what you got to do. You got to get under the word. If that's church, if that's a tape, if that's reading your Bible, all those things, you got to get in this because this is what makes Jesus Lord, meditating the word. You know you can get up in the morning and tell God things that you don't mean. And he knows what doesn't mean anything. You know, you can, you can try to woof the Lord, but he don't woof too good. You know, he's, he's got this, this, this thing, this tracker system that says, that's a bunch of baloney. That's, not, that, he, that's straight out of the head. This guy, he is, he is not, no. But he knows our heart. Amen. So the devil's coming for your lordship. Every time you make a conviction... Every time you live by a conviction versus a preference. I prefer to be healed, but it's not until I get a conviction about healing that it changes my body. I prefer to be funded. Sure I do, don't you? You prefer to have plenty coming in. You prefer to, uh, to have things go your way, but only a conviction will change me. Well, the only way to get a conviction is to get him, that he is the word, get him in my life. I have to meditate this word day and night, night and day i got to be around people that are talking it. I get around pastors, and we talk it. We talk it. We talk it. And they'll say something like, wow, I'm guilty. Or I'll say, wow, I didn't know that. Everybody's got room. You know, uh, Brother David Hogan, the one that's raised 39 from the dead, that's uh, down in Mexico, uh, he reads 50 chapters a day. And we're not talking about scanning or speed reading like I do sometimes. And like you do sometimes. I saw that. <laughs> he, you know, and he's so powerful. What does he do? He just, he just meditates the Word. Has he read the Bible a few times? 50 chapters? There's only 24 chapters in Luke. There's only 16 in Mark. So you've read the Gospels in two days. You've read the epistles in three. That's a lot of Bible. But I'm telling you, he, he tells the story of standing against that Muslim warlord with the completely surrounded with, with assault rifles. And he's there. And this Muslim warlord, he, he's, he's going to kill him. And because he's doing it in front of his boys, and he's, he's going to take down the Christian man. And David just reached down inside. And he came out and got the man born again. I just, it's just, it's just, un, it's unbelievable almost. And that's what you and I are called to do, is to have an unbelievable to the world life. Amen. Anybody want to reaffirm the Lordship of Jesus with me this morning? You know, just every day. It's not like, well, I've already done that. Well, let's do it again. Let's, he resisteth the proud. When, when we say, I, I've already done that, that's pride. Like, I've done that. No, we, we hadn't done anything. It's a continual process of bleeding me out, bleeding me out. Whew, that is nasty. That's me that's in there. That's me. It's nasty. It smells bad. It looks bad. It's, 
It's nasty. Jesus, come in and be Lord. The sweet presence, the fragrance of the Lord, the beauty of his lordship. People that are having encounters with the Lord Jesus, they'll tell you that, you know, they, could, they couldn't even look above his feet. And they were just taken back by his presence. That's what lordship feels like and looks like. So I want him. I just want more of him. It's not a law. It's not something you have to do. It's something that we, we, it's in us to do. So let's just stand up and just, uh, Pam, do you have any music? We got old number two in the sound booth this morning. Number one's out at a conference somewhere. Hallelujah. But we like Pam because we know if she quits us, it's you or me. Just Bring forth the royal and crown Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. And we worship you because you're so good. And you're so good to You're so good to me. As master, as ruler, as owner, as decider, as, as decision maker, as total wisdom. I have no wisdom apart from you, Lord. I confess you, Lord. It's full in me. I'm not saying it out of my head. I am yours bought with a price. Hail him who saved you you by his grace and crown him. We will do it. Speak to us, Lord, and we will obey. Tell us, Lord. Reveal to us, Lord. And we will do it. We will become it. Because Jesus is Lord. And devil, we tell you it's over. You are the God of this world. But you are not the God of my will. And I release you from all areas of dominion in my life, in my body, in my soul, my flesh. And I say I'm taking back everything that you've encroached upon. Everything that you've got in my appetite, in my desires, in my dreams, in my goals. Every fear came from you, devil, and I'm washing you out of my life. No more fear in my life. I refuse to fear because love has cast out fear. I am bought with a promise. I have no fear. And today, Lord, we again seek first the kingdom. You're first, Lord. Not just a part of our day, but first in my day. And I thank you for your life revealed to me as righteousness. The God way of doing business. And we give you praise, Lord. You love us. You care for us. Everything you've asked of us, Lord, you're already doing. And we can trust you. So I do trust you, Lord. Take my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I'll tell you, if you want to be healed in your life, make Jesus Lord. It's good to study scriptures, but I believe everybody in here believes the covenant of grace that he paid the price for our healing. It's not a matter of information. Now it's just a matter of lordship. The Bible says in James that if any sick is among you, let him call 
call for the elders of the church. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if he committed any sins, he shall be forgiven. And the Lord shall raise him up. All that's talking about is lordship. You just, you call and say, I need help. I need the Lord to come and for you to lay hands on me. When, you, when your money's not right, you just got to humble yourself and just say, Lord, I, I'm not a self-made man. I'm not, I'm not able to, to fund my life. Trouble's everywhere. But Lord, there's never trouble in heaven. And I want Jesus to be the Lord of my money. And so, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you say with my money, that I cannot make you Lord and be the Lord over my own money. So I make you the Lord over my money. And I'm telling you, everything will change. Everything will change. We've all, we've all experienced that. And over the lusts of the flesh, the temptations of life, we just got to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. So, Lord, we do this morning. We ask you to take River Church. And, Lord, uh, we'll wash the feet of everybody in town if we have to, to humble ourselves. We want you big in our lives. So we become little in ourselves so that we can become so big in you. And we give you thanks for caring for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Woohoo! Amen. 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 It's a good day, y'all. I want to remind y'all, you only have so many days left on this earth. There is a predetermined time when the Lord will break through the sky. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. But it's not just like as the Lord gets in a mood. He's already got this thing timed out. It's already been marked in the scriptures that when certain things happen, the clock starts. And the clock started when Israel became a nation in 1948. The clock has already started. And so uh, the point is not fear. Woo-hoo, glory, we're going to heaven. Yay. It's never wrong to go to heaven. But I will tell you, you just got so many days. And if we told you that, uh, uh, Justin, you got 314 days, he wouldn't be buying some kit from some stock car company that says, put together a racing machine. No, he'd be doing other things. You'd be doing other things. Am I right? You wouldn't be taking on some three-year project with your porch in your, your backyard. You'd be, well, that's the way it is. Work on your porch, get your backyard right, but always be aware. I'm bought with a price. I got to make this thing time out. Amen. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. All right, family. We'll be here Wednesday night, and it'll be more of the same. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll have cherry jack ice cream I don't know <laughs> gotta get rid of that stuff I may go home and eat the whole thing and just get rid of it <laughs> oh hallelujah